Well, Jared, today is a different episode, isn't it? I would definitely call it a different episode with the same lame two people. You speak for yourself. I mean, I know I'm lame, but people freaking love you. I, don't, I still don't understand why. I'm still trying to jockey for the primary host position. You're doing what you can when you can, as always. But uh, today no. we got some big news. I have all these topics that we were going to talk about, but obviously over the weekend at the Western Pool and Spa Show, something took over that. So in a short sentence before that awesome intro music, what are we here to talk about, Jared? Arinda sold to Hassa. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to Rule Your Pool, the podcast by Arenda that explains and simplifies pool chemistry so that anybody, regardless of experience, can understand it. I'm your host, Eric Knight, bringing clarity to these subjects so that you can bring clarity to your water. If you're ready to rule your pool, then let's go. Yeah, so big news. We've been acquired. And I guess I saw this coming for years, you know, with momentum in a brand. Plenty of people are saying at some point, someone's going to want to snatch up this company. And it's finally happened. So walk us through some of the logic behind that. And then I think it would be worthwhile to go back and give some context of what Arenda was. People just know us when they come across our website or our podcast. They don't really know who we were and who we hope to become. I guess I don't even know if that's proper English. Yeah, I mean, I think well, let's start from the beginning of who we are and were. Like, where did we start? You know us in general. You've seen us at trade shows. You've heard our stories or something along those lines. But in reality, when you peel back the sheets of running and operating a business, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. And that's why this episode is, it's an emotional one, to be honest with you. And I know Eric feels the same way. We have poured our heart and soul into this business. And it's like, you know, it's your baby at that point and it feels that way but you get to a point where the obligations and just the weight of all of it it builds up and so when we started harold started selling arinda products because a guy named dick kersey actually owned arinda prior to us being involved whatsoever yeah and he was the chemist right yeah, so he sold it here and there. Um, but he you know, wasn't in the pool industry. No, he tried to sell in the wastewater, industrial water, and different applications. But he had the company prior to us, and then Harold started selling Arenda Chemicals. And honestly, it was by accident. It was us working in our service business, trying to figure out solutions to problems that we were having when pools were being started up and maintained. And the typical pool guy mentality of we were just banging our heads up against the wall. So we fell into Orinda's chemicals to help address problems we were having in our service business. I remember him calling some other manufacturers asking for answers and they didn't return his calls yeah. for weeks he, and weeks. I'm not going to say some, who, but some he knows people who he have is. heard that story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's and, a funny uh, one. Well, it's true. Then Harris like, well, all right, I'm going to go find answers yes. and looked outside of the pool industry. And that's where he found Dr. Kersey. So, it was originally just a couple of products, right? Yeah. It was just enzyme, phosphate remover, and chelating agent, yeah. which are the exact which, same formulas that they are yeah, today which, and will be forever. 
I remember the first time Harold brought a pallet of product into the garage when I was 18, maybe 17. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to get it into my distribution partner's channel. And we just had pallets of crap in the garage at the house. Man, that was long time ago. 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. I don't remember. 2006, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's where it started for him. Now, of course, you were a pool service guy, but Harold owning the pool surgeon all those years since 1984 was a pool service and repair. But when he eventually started to buy out Arenda, his focus shifted to Arenda. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it was just kind of one of those things where he, and anybody that knows Harold knows that he enjoys mixing and mingling and getting out and talking to people. Harold with his crippling social anxiety? Yes, yes. It's just uh, debilitating at times. And yeah. it's one of those things where you know him and he, he just loved getting out there and helping people. And yeah. he had a footprint to go across the country and get into customers' businesses about how to help them. And Well, first of all, loved. You say loved like it's in the past tense. You mean loves. He still does. He really still does. I'm talking about where we were and right. moving forward. So yeah. he still does that. And quite honestly, he's still going to do that, everybody. So don't don't yeah. have any other ideas. Um, so, you know, back to that, it was eventually it got to the point where Dick was older and just didn't have the energy to, you know, fight the fight, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, vitality. And yeah, and at that point, Harold was like, I want to do this. And so that's when we took things over and started running with it. And that was in 2010. That's when I really became involved. Harold needed me to come in and say, okay, I don't have anybody to do any of the operational things, the processing things. He's out selling in the field, traveling pretty much every week. So I came in as a, okay, I'll handle the operation side and keep things moving from that end. And we just kind of grew the old-fashioned way, if you want to look at it that way. Just hard work, putting your nose down, Harold out there every week, going across the country, me getting out occasionally here and there, entering a sales role to see what I could do, and still trying to run the books and make sure everything's flowing right. And as that happens, we just grew, and that required more people, more sales reps, more capacity at our bottling facilities, more things, which was fun. It was exciting. We started with a few sales reps, but one person that was here was Monica, Monica Stamper. She, I was just going to say, when did Monica get involved? It wasn't long after that. It was pretty early on, and she was a workhorse, man. She got out in the field and helped us grow the brand and drive more sales. And it's just an evolution of a small business growing and, and the growing pains that can go with it. And then, unfortunately for all of our listeners, uh, around six years later, some dude named Eric decides he's going to join the company. And I want everybody to know, I wasn't on board with this idea, just FYI. I know you and Eric And Eric remembers the conversations. <laughs> it was like pulling teeth. Because I was not sold. Well, uh, I'm trying to stay positive on, on all this because it is heavy news for us. And like Jared said, this is a piece of us. I first was introduced to Arenda hearing Monica trying to sell it to my old boss, Jeff Gackle. And I was working for Paddock Evacuator at the time. This is about 2013 or 2014. And he has a commercial service business. And if you know Monica, she's a talker. Hey, Monica, I hope you're listening to this. I still love you. But oh my God, 
I was trying to have a phone conversation and do my job. And uh, I finally meet her. She's the most bubbly, energetic, friendly, smiling, lovely, lovely lady. And uh, it was just distracting because it was so much conversation going on rapidly. Jeff said she thinks she can clean up Latin. Now, Jared, you now know what Latin is. But see, I was a swimmer. And I had trained at a place in Charlotte called Charlotte Latin, which was the Swim Mat Carolina main pool. 50-meter pool, big swim club, 800-plus swimmers hit it every single day. That's what I was used to. That was my standard. Now, granted, I did swim in college, but that was a lot less people. That water was a lot cleaner. But when you have a pool that is just hammered with kids every day, it's rare to have clean water at all. I had never seen 50 meters across that pool. It's a 50-meter pool by 25 yards. It was very common to not see 25 yards across underwater. Now, you can look at it and see the lines on the bottom, but that's not the same as looking through water with goggles on. And so I knew what Latin was like, and I knew it was dirty. I just knew it was a pool that just it's just too heavily used. And Jeff said she thinks she can clean Latin with some enzyme. That's pretty much all I remember about it. I went back to my business and all this stuff. I went back to my job. And I don't know, a couple of weeks later, Jeff comes in and he is livid. Absolutely livid that they put in these enzymes. That's what we were told. Now, mind you, you know what enzymes are now for the most of you listening. But at the time, we didn't. Okay, so I'm saying enzymes in air quotes here. Enzymes clouded up the pool and turned it white for four days, which meant swim practice couldn't happen for four days. Well, obviously what happened was back then, the dosing wasn't exactly figured out yet. And so they way overdosed PR 10,000 phosphate remover and the pool had never been treated for phosphates. And it turned this pool into completely opaque milk. And so they couldn't run practice. You couldn't see the bottom of the pool and it wasn't going away. And so he's getting progressively angrier each day. Oh, damn it. You know, the water's just so dirty. <laughs> and he's saying it's enzymes because he didn't realize it was not an enzyme. It's just a different Arenda product. The enzymes went in too. Well, anyways, on the fourth day, it all settled out. And all of this white dust fell to the floor and it covered up all the black tile lines at the bottom of the swimming pool. The water was so clear, he walked in and about had a heart attack because he thought the water was gone. He thought somebody just completely drained the pool. I think it was an optical illusion because when you have pure white dust on the bottom, the way that that building is lit, it hid all the black lines. It was just an empty vessel. like It was a brand new cement. And he realized, oh my God, this, this is full. Look at this pool. Now, vacuuming that much dust, if you have like a half inch of dust on the bottom of a 50-meter pool, Think about that. It took a long time to clean up that pool. But the water quality was never like that, ever. And once he got it up and running and clean and clear, came to, to the office and he's like, Eric, you have got to go swim in Latin. Now, I hadn't swum. Remember, I'm working full time. I hadn't swum in like over a year. Ah, Jeff, I'm too busy. I don't really want to swim. Uh, no, I don't have the time. I didn't think about it. Well, I don't know. Fast forward a week or two. I don't know what the time was. Maybe it was a month. I am unable to get into the gym. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just go lift at Latin because they have a, a small gym in there. So I go there. And I remember the door code. I go in there. I lift. And I said, I'll, I'll get a swim in afterward. And the water looked good, but I wasn't looking at the water. I was probably looking at my phone. I dove in and I freaked out. I absolutely freaked out because it felt so weird. I'd never felt water like that. 
And I, you know, I've got my 10,000 hours. I've been swimming a long time and I'd never felt water like that. That's legitimate. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It felt so different on my skin. At first, it didn't feel good because it was different, right? But as I was like feeling the water through my fingers, I'm at the bottom of the pool looking across and I could see 50 meters like drinking water. I was like, what in God's name happened to this water? I know what Latin looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what it smells like. It, it was so weird being in that water. And then once you start moving, you realize this water feels amazing. And I asked the coach, what happened to the water? What did you do? They're like, oh, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff put some chemicals in here. I'm like, oh, that's right. Those enzymes. I remember the, the lady who came in and kept talking to him forever. So I called up Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I hope you're listening to this. I called up Jeff as I'm leaving Latin. I said, Jeff, I just swam at Charlotte Latin. And his answer was, right? I told you. <laughs> He'd been talking about these enzymes. So he went from like furious. Of, well, first of all, he started with disbelief and then livid, absolutely livid because it clouded up. And then elation. And that was my first exposure to Arenda. I tell this story because like, I feel like this is some finality in this family business <laughs> that is no longer a family business. Let's get all this out, man. Whoa, Let's take whoa, our time. Whoa, and... we're, we're still family in this business. Well, Let's we are. Let's get that straight. Different ownership, a, though. It's a different ownership, but we are still family. And anybody that's in this industry knows this is not a big industry. Yeah. This is a very tight-knit, familial business operation and we can get into that in a minute whenever we start talking about Hasa because that is what attracted us to that specific choice. Yeah, well, that aspect of family is not going anywhere. But I feel like this podcast is a way for us to, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. And there's been a mourning process of what was. And I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic of the future. I think that's just normal. <laughs> These stories, most people have never heard them, but... You could roll into the the other story. And yeah. Well, no, there's, there's probably more than one. But anyways, I'm still working for this company, and now I've experienced it. I say, look, whoever this company is, they know water chemistry. And from a selfish perspective, I was selling ventilation systems that remove chloramines from an indoor pool. And so what would happen is after six, eight weeks or whatever, the air would be, get good, but the water chemistry tended to fall off because either operators got lazy or they didn't know what they were doing and then something would catch up and we'd get a call. And usually it was nothing to do with our system or maybe the system was off because they tripped a breaker or something like that. And I was just tired of the water chemistry calls. So selfishly, completely selfishly, I said, if we include Arenda in an evacuator sale, we can just send the calls to them and I don't have to deal with water chemistry. I mean, that, that's really what it was. And so we just started bundling it in and saying, okay, yeah, you know, we'll eat this cost to make sure that we don't have the callbacks later on. And I don't know what we sold. I mean, it was thousands of dollars, probably tens of thousands. I don't remember. But we sold quite a few evacuators that year and included Arenda on all of them. And that's when Harold came into the picture because I didn't know about Harold. All I knew about was Monica. And Jeff had met Harold and said, he's this brilliant chemist who came up with these eco-friendly formulas and this enzyme does all this stuff and look what it did to Latin, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the funny thing. The reason he said that is because Monica was referring to Dick Kersey when she said the company was founded by a brilliant chemist. <laughs> so meanwhile, this is like telephone game. I'm the third guy in a row. 
I'm hearing, oh, wow, the founder of Arendus is brilliant chemist and blah, blah, blah. So Jeff meets him. He's like, he is the funniest, most talkative guy. He does not act like a chemist at all. Like, he's so relatable. He's hilarious. And I'm thinking, that doesn't sound like a chemist, but cool. So they want to split a booth with us at the NRPA show, the National Recreation and Park Show in Charlotte. And so they get this little booth. Uh, We have a 10 by 10 booth, and they have, like, one little stand-up table. Harold and Monica worked the hell out of that show. I mean, I felt bad because I didn't know how to really act at a show. Monica is in the lanes. Harold's out in the hallway just talking to people nonstop, talking to everybody, just working it hard. It's like, man, they have so much energy. And during one of the breaks, I walk around with Harold and get to know him. Now, mind you, in the back of my mind, Jared, I was told this guy's a brilliant chemist, right? Because Monica was referring to Dick Kersey, but Jeff didn't know that. So I'm like, man, this guy, he's not like an engineer or a scientist at all. He's just like funny as hell. He's so funny. And Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. You're saying that engineers and scientists can't be funny? Oh, and some are. That's not fair. But but you get the idea. Like, he, he didn't have the personality type of somebody who went through and got a PhD in chemistry, right? But anyways, we're walking around. I was like, so where'd you get your chemistry degree? And he's like, what? <laughs> your chemistry? Where'd you get your chemistry? <laughs> School of Hard Knocks or something like that. In the field, man. I learned it on the job. I was like, you, you did what? You learned chemistry on the job? <laughs> and then he tells me, he's like, I'm not a chemist. I'm a pool guy. You're a pool guy? Who's the chemist? He's like, oh, I bought the company from the chemist. (laughs) So I didn't know. We end up going to Canada in 2015 to the biggest indoor water park in the Western Hemisphere at the time because they had air quality issues. So we go up there and do this evaluation. And Harold goes with us because I need somebody who knows water chemistry. And I didn't know any at the time. And that trip was a bonding moment for four days. Derek and I went up there from Paddock and, and Harold joined us. We went to Banff. We went to a whole bunch of facilities, and we just really got to know him. I thought, this man's soul is so good. He is in this for the right reasons. Everything about him, his entire mission here, he doesn't need to do this. That's what stuck out. He had a successful business. He's choosing to do this because he was completely devoted to helping people, even if he competed with them. And That stuck out. And he didn't say those words. You could just tell. And I thought that was so unique. That was, you know, it was contagious. That's what I will say. It was contagious. Meanwhile, I end up moving on to an app startup with my old coach. And that's when we learned how to do a website and blogging, and how to create an app. And so then he just calls out of the blue, like a year and a half later, just to see how I'm doing. Nothing prompted the call. And while we were on the phone, I pulled up your website. And what was on that website, Jared? Uh, that's not my department, Eric. It was your company. What was on your website back then? <laughs> not much. Yeah, I was going to say uh, it was pretty bare bones. It was just probably a WordPress. Here's yeah. some, here's some Pic- letters. Pixelated and bottle, bottle images, yeah. science and nature in harmony and a bunch of yeah. slogans, but no content yet. So anyways, I said, Harold, how's anybody going to find you on Google if you don't have any content on your website? And so it started actually... Uh, as a part-time internship, basically, because I was doing a startup and I was learning as I go. And and that's how it started, just showing and sharing what I was learning in the startup with you guys. Harold was like, the cucumber, he didn't say your name yet. The cucumber doesn't think we can afford you yet. <laughs> and uh, that's when I learned uh, your relationship with your father and all. So now I'll, I'll kick it back to you. That was like summer of 2016 when that happened. Yeah, I'm a 
cautiously skeptical person by nature. And so when Harold's over here talking about, you know, I think he'd do a great job. You know, he's your age. He's from this industry. Uh, he's a swimmer. He's got this drive and, you know, it'd be great. And I'm like, eh, that's, that's, I'm skeptical here. I don't know, man. You're asking me to commit resources to, to this guy who's literally just going to like, write blogs well that's i mean technically that's that's what, that's I was what it was yeah like, well i was working on the blogs. website too but yeah yeah blogs is how it started yeah that's what it was like uh i was like you know what whatever we'll we'll give it a shot okay we'll see and i think it's safe to say i don't regret that decision it happened pretty quick because we were starting from zero so let's grade on a curve here it's very easy to show improvement when you start with seven viewers a month according to google analytics yeah, and honestly, it was just a different approach, and it's something that, you know, historically in our industry up until that point has been just, hey, let's compete out there in the marketplace, let's talk features and benefits, let's get out there and just, let's let's hustle. And yeah, sell not, against not, the others, show yeah, why not we're to say better. That, yeah. Not to say that that doesn't work. I mean, history says it can, but it was just a mindset that we decided at that point was, okay, let's try something different. Let's see if it works, right? It was fun. And it still is fun and it's still, you know, nothing's changed as far as that's concerned. But that's how Eric and I kind of started our working relationship. It was like, oh, cool. Hey, dude, write those blogs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's developed so much more than you guys probably get a little glimpse of it here. But it. Well, it's, it's, all, it, it's it. a rite of passage for Jared to initially reject the idea of hiring you. Absolutely. Most in our company were not favored by Jared before they were hired. Nope, we can't do this. Nope, they're not going to be a good fit. We can't afford them yet. And then they come in and light things up. But I, I just think it's funny. But that said, this episode isn't about us. It's just it's some nostalgia to realize that at that moment, Harold separated himself from anybody else I've ever worked with. And that's no insult to anybody else, like even my friends and their employers. He separated himself by getting out of the way and saying, I'm willing to take this risk. I'm willing to commit resources that I don't yet have because I believe in what you're trying to do because I know that that's paying it forward. And he paid for the app out of his own pocket. And at the time, he said, I want an LSI calculator. I'm like, what's LSI? Let's go back to late 2016. And he wanted it because it would be cool. That's where it was. And so we architected this app, and um, it's since gone through many iterations, of course, but it was the app that actually changed everything for us, in my opinion, because until we had played around with the numbers and saw what the LSI was doing with them, we didn't understand the LSI. And that really lit a fire that changed everything for us because now we had a platform of education and from there stemmed out the four pillars and Arenda Academy and all of these other things that we created. But it really changed when we understood what water wanted. Well, it's not even what water wanted. It's when we understood what do our customers, what do our friends in this industry want to? And they wanted resources. They wanted help. And yeah. The satisfaction that comes with helping people, you can't measure it, in my opinion. I mean, it's just yeah. selfishly satisfying. <laughs> it is, for sure. And 
when I was doing all that research for those blogs, there wasn't a lot out there. There is some quality information, but it was too dense. I don't have a chemistry degree, and it's hard to find. Like, it's out there, but it's really hard to find. You have to go down a rabbit hole and really dig. All the stuff that's easily accessible from a simple search online, um, it was clickbaity. That's why you found it. You know, it wasn't quality information. And I started looking outside of the pool industry for information on water and found great sites from across the world that really started everything. We forged relationships with chemists since, but that was really the pivot. We're becoming an education-focused company, not just out there competing bottle for bottle. That was a huge change, and it's an uncomfortable change for a lot of people who had built something that seemed like a well-oiled machine at the time. I remember it. I remember back then when we were that small. I remember being the fourth person in that company, you, Harold, Monica, and me. And we did everything. We wore every hat. We did all of it. And those those were fun days, but man, were they... They were long days too, weren't they, Jared? I mean, I, I know you weren't doing anything because we were out there working. You were just staying at home, running the business or whatever that mm. means. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I would. That's how I'd characterize it too. There's a lot that goes into running a business, and Eric and I, you know, he gives me recommendations on reading books, but then I'm like, bro, I don't read. You've tried to get me on show notes this whole time. Good luck. Oh, yeah, but well, that true, true. You still haven't yeah. read one. No. Well, we did go through a few books, though. I mean, we went through Traction and Scaling Up and a a couple Yeah, and those are great books. And that's kind of where I'm getting to is you got challenges and things that you face when you run a business and any business, quite honestly. It doesn't matter if you're maintaining a pool or running a service business or building pools. You're going to have challenges throughout the process. And hopefully you learn from some of those challenges and you implement changes into your business accordingly and so forth. And that's how I view every challenge that we've ever faced as a business is I'm going to take the learning opportunity here and make ourselves better. And trust me, everybody, we've had challenges, (laughs) but it's experience and it's value that nobody can take from us. Just to get back to the running a business aspect of what it is that we do, for us, it got to a point where we grew. We grew a lot. When you grow it puts strain on other pieces of the business. So that's ultimately how we came to the realization that, hey, we either, you know, we could try and truck this thing out and invest money in places and infrastructure and processes and and do what we needed to do, or we could find a partner that has all those things in place. They already know how to do them. and Better than we do. Yeah. How do we navigate that? when you're running the family business, it's a hard realization to come to. It's just accepting things that aren't easy to accept. And it's acknowledging things that you just have to be real with yourself. I mean, Eric and I have a very open, honest relationship with one another. He knows my strengths and weaknesses. I know his, and that's how relationships work. And sometimes you got to have that with yourself. And we've had a lot of reflection over the past, you know, six, eight, nine months, it reached a point of, hey, we need help. And that's where we are today. It's hard because at some point, growth becomes painful. Every one of us was just stretched to our limit. It was stressful. We couldn't keep up with the calls. We couldn't keep up with the emails, the requests from the website. And to be honest with you, like for me personally, just being gone so much and 
trying to keep up with all of it, it's, it's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. And as a result, we are not able to uphold the standards that we hold ourselves to. We can't continue delivering that level of customer service unless we have help, unless we can alleviate what we're not good at so that we can focus on what we are good at, what we want to be doing, adding value to you, education, more of these remarkably dumb podcasts that we do. Um, you're shaking your head, but you know it. So, but, but the point is <laughs> I'm like- I'm sorry, you're right. I mean, if these people want to continue listening, because we're going to do I can't believe episodes, they still are. Are we up to like 106 listeners yet? No, no, we passed 106. I think we're close to 120, but I don't know. I'd okay, have to count. Good. We don't have an exact figure. Good. But the point is, we are not good at what we're not good at. And we know our lane. Jared has his lane. I have a different lane. Everybody in our company has their own lane. And that's what's unique about this. I think we were able to grow the way we did because we had a unified mission that everybody not only understood and could clearly articulate, but they embraced it. Everybody's done their part. And I think it's only possible because culture does start at the top with Harold and you that we're all doing the same thing because we know where we're going. It gets to a point where the landscape changes, distribution changes, acquisitions change things, shipping got more expensive, bottling got more expensive and more difficult, shortages, labor shortages, challenges on your side of the business, Jared, that I wasn't directly involved with that I would hear you venting about because they were out of your control. And yet our success hinges upon things that are out of our control and it's not your strength. You have to do it. It's kind of like chlorine has to get rid of sunscreen and makeup, but chlorine wasn't made to do that. It takes a lot of chlorine to do it and still doesn't do the greatest job at it. Chlorine's an excellent sanitizer. Well, we know what we're good at and we want to focus on that and you know, as much as this decision is painful, it is the right decision to make. I'll let you address it first of why Hassa, because Hassa was not the only company that wanted Arenda. You don't no. need to name the other ones, but there are several no. others. And I won't. And you're right. We look at everything and we consider, I hope, everything. For those of you that don't know Hassa, Hassa has been around for roughly 50 years in the industry. They are a West Coast chlorine and acid manufacturer. They started as a family business um, and they were sold, you know, I want to say 2017, like, I think 2017, yes, seven or so years ago is what I was going to say. They're West Coast. So they're from the Pacific Northwest, California, Arizona, Nevada, and then Texas. Those are where their roots are. And so when I looked at that, I said, okay, great. That's a good customer base for us. We can support that territory. They can help us support that territory in a very good way. And then on top of that, we think we can grow in the other places that they're currently not because we have our footprint there. And the other thing was the people. That was a very important piece of this. And there's no concern from our perspective that anybody's going anywhere. Job security was an important piece of this conversation and with a bigger upside to move forward into. That was very important. So it's not just infrastructure. It's not just the fact that they have the resources and extra people and all of these things to be able to accelerate what we're trying to do. It's that it gives us a more complete line. That too. We now have the ability to talk about algae. Chlorine is our favorite algaecide. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We, 
And, and it's a non-stabilized quarry. Cr- even even better. better. That's the point here. We have a more complete package to talk about. And it gives us the opportunity to go down roads that obviously we couldn't. And the opportunities, I truly believe, are there and they're a good thing. Now, it's been one of those whirlwind weekends. Let's just be honest about it. And Eric can speak from his perspective. It's it's shocking at first. The Western show was very hard because without sleep and trying to not tell anybody about it and knowing it and then having to teach two classes, which if you were there at the Western show taking my classes, thank you for being there. That was a very tough show. And we're still mourning this thing, but I'm optimistic because I think this allows us to do what we want to do. Yeah, there's been time to process and you take a step back and you look at the big picture and you sit back and you say, you know what? You're right. We have a great opportunity. They're not coming in here and telling us what we need to do, everybody. So I hope you understand that they acquired us because they like what we do. And that's a very important thing. They are excited to collaborate together on how we can make all of the combined businesses better. They like the open conversations and flexibility that goes with that. We think we can provide a lot of value there and vice versa. They can provide a lot of value to us. So it's one of those things where it's overall a good thing. Yeah, get a chance to grow another business and on a much bigger scale. And everybody struggled in manufacturing during COVID. If you don't understand the challenges behind the scenes, it is hard to throw stones. Very. We are aware of Haas's reputation. But then again, we got lucky in how we navigated COVID, mainly because Jared made a mistake and bought way too much raw material. And that really helped out, did it not? It was definitely a mistake. And boy, you could say dumb luck timing, but... Had that not happened, we would have been been in trouble too. That's exactly the point of the last three years, everybody need to understand something on the, the production operation side of the business, which you all have felt in getting equipment or pipe or just anything, chemicals, right? You felt it in your business. Well, we felt it just a little differently where I couldn't get a cap or a bottle or a label or a box or, you know, I couldn't have, you know, turnover within production. Somebody wouldn't show up. It would be a revolving door of people coming in and out. Then you got to train somebody else. So quality control obviously is a piece of that conversation. And when you have all these changes come in within a year and a half span, it's going to put a strain on a business, no matter whose business it is. And we were sending bottles out the door with white caps on a PR bottle and getting calls of why is this, that, and the other. And I was like, sometimes you just got to make a call like, hey, we needed to get this out the door and I don't have any caps. I don't have a time frame on getting a cap. So it was either this or nothing. Or getting raw materials. Yeah. Or SC1000. I don't remember which year, maybe it was 2021 or 2022. There was a few months there where we didn't think we were going to have enough. It was selling faster than we had it. And fortunately, we were able to get it. But whew, yeah. that was close. And it was it was moving a lot of things around to ensure that we had those things together. But obviously, all that is subsiding. So that's a good thing. But now what this allows us to do is buy the volume we really need to fuel the growth that we are capable of. It's that. It's having strategic storage locations across the country eventually. It's having... Uh, better capability to turn around and serve our customers. I see a slew of positives that come from this. We posted about this yesterday, and we read the comments. We pay attention to 
our interactions. We take that very seriously, and that's something we still do and are still going to do. And that is deeply personal and important to us to make sure that we answer your questions, hopefully alleviate any concerns, and to let you know that nobody's going anywhere. Nothing's changing as far as we're concerned. Unfortunately, Eric still has to talk to me. Uh <laughs> Well, I know that's not fair to say. I don't have to. I do a lot of these alone. I chose to. I thought you, you deserve to be on this one. But, True. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I've had, I've had other people on there too, but uh, you keep pushing it, Jared. You might find yourself less invited to this thing. Yeah. What was so I all these, all these. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna really push this. Uh, but no, we see the people talking about how oh there goes the neighborhood. Oh no, another thing. Yeah. Here we go. And that's not the case. I understand the knee-jerk reaction to think that way, but at the same time, hopefully between this and the posts and things that we do, if you called our hotline right now, you're going to get me or Eric or Ryan or Joe or Tyler or Miguel. You're going to get us. Nothing's different. I'd like to read uh, one comment. I'll leave them anonymous, but there have been a lot of comments on these Facebook posts, and a lot of them are overwhelmingly positive for us, but a lot of them are just... They're sad, they're depressed, they're upset. They don't like the fact that we're a part of a bigger company because well, they like changed. how we were, right? right? It's change, right? And yeah, there are negative opinions of Hasa out there for some of their customers. Not all, but some. We get it. Like, we have some negative opinions. Here's what he says. I honestly don't know how to feel about this. Arenda has always been that company that punches outside of its weight class. They did things differently. Taught instead of asking for money. These are reasons why their fans are legion. Will the name Arenda stay? Will it be a brand name that we think of fondly in the future with other bits of nostalgia no longer with us? I'm afraid they'll be absorbed and in time, no trace will be left. Sad days. That resonates with me, man. It really resonates with me that that's some of my fear too, but I think a lot of that fear has been alleviated that we've been assured that what we're doing, they want us to continue doing. And if anything, it's going to accelerate. You're right. We've seen and other companies get folded into bigger companies and their culture gets crushed. A, I don't think it's going to happen. B, no. I refuse to let it happen. And not only that, as you said before, that was an important part of going down this path and why we specifically chose to partner with Hasa, Because we know that we can provide value to each other and we know that the... The brand name is still going to be there. We're still doing what we did yesterday. And education is still an extremely important part of our company and theirs for that matter. And so it's going to be a positive thing and there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. It's different. It's different, different for sure. But we are still here. We are still here for you. We appreciate all of you more than you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't need to keep repeating that, but it's true. Stay with us. Give us a chance here. There will be some acclimation, but the podcast is still going to be just as lame as it always has been. I promise you that. Uh, Very mediocre. Yeah, mediocre at best. We do have plenty of topics to cover. We do have big plans for this podcast this year, which not only are not stopped, they just got supercharged. So I think it's going to be really good in that regard. And I'm optimistic, and I hope you are too. 
I just want to end by personally thanking everyone who's had a part in what we built here. And they know who they are. And that's not just employees. They know who they are. It's not just people like Monica, who we love dearly. And from the very beginning, I mean, I never got to meet Dr. Kersey, but his vision has been carried on and, and multiplied exponentially. Every employee we've had, every vendor we've had, every dealer we've had, every customer who's given it a try, every one of you who listens to the podcast, we're here because of you. And we will continue because of you. And we had a choice. We could be bitter or we could be better. I choose to be better. What about you, Jared? I'm ready to compete. And now we get to compete in a bigger league. Yep. This has been episode 105 of the Rule Your Pool podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight, and my trusty co-host here, Jared the Cucumber Morgan. Thank you all. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Sorry, everybody, that you have to hear us banter more. Like I said, I don't think we can say sorry enough because I truly feel like I just, it's a loss. I just don't know it's, if I it's like. A loss. Well, it's, I don't know if I like you that much. It's just you and I just keep well, going. I know, back no, and you forth. don't have to tell them that. Everybody knows. Jeez. I say just because you don't listen to the podcast. I mean, I talk about you behind your back all the time. You, but you don't even subscribe to the podcast. You absolutely. You are the worst co-host be. ever. You could be, and I have no clue. You're right. I'll choose to not think that way, though. I'm telling you straight up. I talk about you on every episode. <laughs> all right. Until next time. Have a great season. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Rule Your Pool, a podcast by Arenda Technologies. For more information on what we discussed in this week's episode, check the links in the description or visit www.arendatech.com. I hope you find this show valuable enough that you tap that subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can also like us on Facebook and social media. And with our help, you'll be able to rule your pool without over-treating it with chemicals and wasting money. I'll see you next episode.